0: take 43 mark hey everyone welcome back to the
1: take 43 podcast my name is drew williams and my name is drew williams (laughs) no (laughs) my name is aaron Uh, colbert that's aaron aaron what happened to the first 42 takes afraid to ask i'm i'm not gonna do that what do i look like child thank god <laughs> shit's so stupid <laughs> um, <laughs> no okay i'll tell you what uh the first 42 takes i'm just thinking about star wars man holy shit they announced so much stuff earlier this week yeah like way too many way too many things to talk about right now
0: well ahsoka rangers of the new republic obi-wan kenobi iron star wars visions the acolyte the acolyte yeah. thank you acolyte the bad batch lando
1: who lando R- they didn't say if uh they didn't say if donald glover is going to be in that yeah no, I, I assume he's going to, but they didn't they didn't say that specifically, did they?
0: And Rogue Squadron and a droid story.
1: Oh. Are you kidding me? Which one? Uh okay, out of all of those, which one are you most excited for?
0: I think they're all different. Like I, I'm excited for well, the yeah. movie, and then I'm excited for I, I'm not an animated guy. I just have right. never I think I'm excited for Ahsoka because like she's rad and she just came in. Oh, I don't want to spoil anything.
1: She, I mean, she has such a big, such a big backstory. Right. And so she, I mean, having her own show I think a lot of people are really going to discover what like what her character is all about and it's really really interesting I mean she's been around in the universe for a long long time exactly but just not in any any of the live action stuff until recently yeah
0: and the Mandalorian season three obviously that's that's been known of course yeah season two's been so good so far absolutely I didn't want to say too much about too much because I don't know where people are in season two just say watch it and um, that's about it for Star Wars because we actually talk a little bit more about Star Wars with pretty cool stuff it's actually incredible I was getting goosebumps maybe I'm just cold here but it's not it's not warm now it's not (laughs) (laughs) the studio needs a heater it's in garage it's a studio and um (laughs) i'm really stoked that we have cammy bessie on and she is a professional makeup artist and we've been working with her for about the last five years yeah holy smoke she name drops in this and it kind of blew our socks off. it's amazing we should talk to her yeah let's bring her on cammy what's up thanks for joining us
2: hi you guys how are you
0: great great it's
1: so good to hear from you it's been so long since i've seen you i saw you at the supermarket like a week ago.
2: (laughs) That is true. That is true. You were buying French bread and Aaron admitted you do love bread.
1: I do love bread. Like I said, I'm Italian. I have to love bread.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Cammy, I think the last time I saw you, unfortunately was I think over a year ago and, and we were just getting back from Amsterdam and we, we ran into you at the airport, you and Charles, your husband.
2: Oh my gosh. That's right.
0: That's a long time ago. That was too long.
2: It's this year just makes you feel like everything is that much longer ago because time is
0: warped what is
1: time time is like right (laughs) right what is what is is time yeah because everything goes like slow and fast at the same time like i can't believe this Mm -hmm. week's already over but also this was the
0: longest week of my life for some reason yeah
2: totally Pros and cons to no time for sure
0: Exactly. So, Cammy, I want to run into some random, quick warm-up questions. This is just like one-word, uh, one-answer questions. Just you know, to kind of get us going before we do some interview questions. So, here we go. Last movie you streamed? Avatar. Burritos or tacos? Tacos. Last place you visited for work?
2: I'm gonna say for fun, and I did a stupid trip in Cozumel.
1: That's not stupid. Hallmark Christmas movies? Yes or no?
2: Absolutely not.
0: Oh. Camping or clubbing?
2: I'm gonna say glamping and karaoke. Oh, okay.
0: <laughs> okay. All right. I mean it was one of the choices. So, neither. Right.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so with the Hallmark Christmas movie question, haven't you worked on a couple of those?
2: So I've worked on one. Um okay. I couldn't I believe they changed the name, so I couldn't even tell you.
1: <laughs> was it was what it one it of the ones with, came
2: out as? Was it one um, of the ones with
1: Candace Cameron in it?
2: You know, she wasn't in it, surprisingly. Oh, that is
1: shocking. Wow. I thought she's in like 90% of them. I yeah.
2: know. <laughs> <laughs> do you guys like the Hallmark movies?
0: I actually really do. Aaron does. I get all the behind the scenes from all my friends working on them, and I'm just like, ooh. Right? I don't Shit, know what it,
1: what it is. At some point, it's about two or three years ago. Uh, I just started watching them and they became very fulfilling. And I think I've thought a lot about this because I apparently have way too much free time on my hands. You know, I like writing and I think Hallmark Christmas movies are just like this, the purest distillation of storytelling. Like everything is done, like they're very predictable, right? So everything mm-hmm. is done exactly how you expect it to go. And it's just kind of like, it's kind of satisfying for a writer to see the setups and payoffs all happen where they're supposed to. Very formulaic, but you know, it totally works for me.
2: Yeah, I mean, as a writer, I think that would totally make sense. Right. I'll come together every time. I mean, they're time. super
1: dorky, super dorky, but <laughs> it's right it's up there. It's probably because, like, my,
2: my parents watch them, and so it's like, right. I'm like, oh, I can't be watching what 65 year olds watch.
0: <laughs> but- <laughs> well, Aaron is 65. Well, shit. <laughs>
2: No, I just choose Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Like oh, that I watch is like it seriously over and over, and yeah. so that's just where my brain goes.
0: <laughs> Drew, what's your favorite Christmas movie? I was gonna say I watched Christmas Vacation last night. Oh, actually, it's so my good. favorite Christmas movie right now, besides like any of the classics, like current is The Night Before. It's with Seth Rogen. And oh yeah, it's so good. And they- um, they go around yeah. New York and have like a Christmas night with the friends, and it's it's really fun. Is
1: it uh, Dave Franco that's in that, or is it James Franco?
0: James Franco is yeah, in James it as Franco. well. And then the dude from Inception that I'm just spacing his name. That's not Leonardo DiCaprio. Leonardo DiCaprio. No. <laughs> oh,
2: Gordon. Gordon <laughs> Jeffrey. Uh, jo-
0: Gordon Joseph no. Levitt. Thank Joseph. You. Gordon. <laughs> Joseph. Joseph Gordon yeah. Levitt. Jo- Gordon. <laughs> oh, GJL. That's what you get for having three first names. <laughs> right. That's right. He's great. It's not
2: our
0: fault. It's not our fault. That's right. That's just what happened. So Cammie, thanks again so much for, for coming on the show. And you know, we've worked together in the past and your work is incredible. So I thought who would be better than to have Cammie on.
1: Right. Well, and we've talked about so many different uh, aspects of filmmaking. And I think this is one that a lot of people don't necessarily think of All the time, you know, especially people are doing lower budget stuff. They think it's simply a stake and skimp. And so we both thought that it was important to talk about why, why it is an important part of filmmaking. So I think the thing that uh, I'm most interested about, I'm always really, really interested in people's like origin stories. And so I'm curious, like how and why you got into being a makeup artist?
2: Yeah. um, First of all, I'm honored that you guys um, thought of me with this. So thank you so much.
1: Of course. Always thinking of you.
2: So I've always been... A creative person it's always been at the heart of everything I do um and so I've really been a makeup artist like my whole life when I was 16 I started going to cosmetology school and working at a makeup boutique I was kind of just a rebellious teenager that needed something else to do I can see that And <laughs> <laughs> right that's the like, truth came out <laughs> I feel
0: like you followed a lot of alt bands when you were like 17 and 18 <laughs> yeah Were you a fan of Yeah, you like found me
2: at like (laughs) Warp Tour and stuff. Uh, Yep. And then after doing like six years of retail, I had a good friend of mine that's also a makeup artist. She referred me to take over her clientele while she went on like a nine-month tour gig that she got. Um, And so that's what landed me into more like the film freelance realm. But makeup for me is much more of an artwork than it is like a glam thing. I look totally. at it as like putting, building an art piece on right. a different canvas every single time.
0: So what is the importance of makeup and, and doing hair? What is the importance of that in film and production? Because, you know, you see a lot of high fashion stuff and we'll get into that later with photography, but really in film and video, where do you see that really coming into play and, and how important is that?
2: Yeah, I think it's become much more important as technology has increased and. Obviously, that's going to ever be increasing, but with cameras being picking up on everything, it's so noticeable to me if you, we don't, you don't see things anymore almost that don't have some sort of hair and makeup person on them because otherwise the people would look like crap. Totally. I mean, the way that the camera is going to pick up the pores, the shine, the hair, like the flyaways, all of that. I think there's a lot I mean when I talk to people about what I do and I say, "Oh yeah, I did Carl Malone's makeup." They're like, "Face is so confused. Like, he doesn't wear makeup."
1: Right. But it's mm-hmm.
2: like once you understand what the camera is picking up, makeup is such an important part.
1: Yeah, it's not like you're putting
0: eyeshadow on them or something. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, well, it's,
2: it's not like glitter and red lips. <laughs>
0: exactly, exactly. Well, I remember the first time working with you, Cammy. You were actually one of the first makeup artists I'd ever worked with, and, Same. We, and we were just doing simple educational content for. I think we did a lot of supplement companies, and they had a lot of people just from their company talking on camera and. It didn't seem that important, but most of the companies, they would send females to speak on their behalf. And I just realized how important it was for you to be there and whether they were uh, shining and we had to powder them down and Uh, The flyaways, that was a huge thing because I can't tell you how many times I've watched interviews on documentaries and someone's hair is sticking up and it's just so annoying. And you could automatically Mm -hmm. tell there wasn't a makeup artist there. And if there was, they weren't doing their job. And I just loved when, you know, we would take a cut really quick or, you know, they yell fly away and and you'd come in there and and doctor them up. It would would take you like 10 seconds, but I, I can't tell you how much, how important that was and how much bigger of a difference it made.
2: I think very much a makeup artist has the hurry up and wait job because of stepping in like that. Like we're constantly paying attention to the finest details and maybe 90% of that filming, we're just sitting there watching the details. But then that 10% is so crucial.
1: I think people's performances on camera tend to be better if they're feeling good about themselves. Right. And so Mm -hmm. if they don't know, if they don't think they look good, they're probably going to be, especially with these people that aren't normally on camera personalities, you know, that we deal with from, you know, they're usually from the education department or marketing department for the company we're shooting for. And so if they're feeling self-conscious about how they look on camera, they're probably not going to do as good of a job. And so I think you coming in and doing their hair and makeup as a professional saying like, this is good. This is how it should look. I think gives them a lot of confidence.
2: Absolutely. And that's um, outside of creativity. I think that's what's kept me being a makeup artist for as long as I have is I love, that's one of my favorite parts of being a makeup artist, is having someone come in whose confidence maybe isn't all there for whatever reason, because obviously we're connecting through that makeup process and they can share their story. And then to hold up the mirror in front of them at the end and just see their eyes light up and they're like, wow, oh my gosh, I can look like this. This is me. That is such a good feeling to just know that you made an impact for them, whether that was just for that shoe or it could have been forever.
1: That's right. Well, and also, you know, you're such a personable person, you kind of warm them up for us. So they're sitting in the makeup (laughs) chair and you're talking, like we see you, you're in the corner, you're talking to them, you guys are laughing. And so by the time they come to us to start shooting, they're all relaxed.
2: Yeah, there's, I definitely, I love people. I love connect. I mean, human connection for me is like my most important thing to me out of everything I do. And so, yeah, absolutely. I love connecting with humans and warming them up. (laughs)
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, it was funny because, you know, I would set up the studio specifically for the jobs we were talking about earlier. And so I could come in, you know, maybe an hour before we start shooting just to make sure everything's dialed. But you would be there an hour prior to that. You're right. I I didn't realize that at the start. You really did warm them up. I mean, it was Mm -hmm. really cool. And, And by the time they got to the chair and were ready to be on camera and they were under the lights, it was it was game time. You're all loosey goosey. That's right. Mm,
2: Thanks. Yeah. (laughs) I I used to teach makeup classes and that was one thing I would talk about is um, anyone can learn how to do makeup. But having that personality that helps people feel comfortable and to be personable with people, I think, is so important when you're in that intimate process of like touching someone's face and right. Them sharing their insecurities like you need to create that comfortable space for them.
1: People don't like it when I just start touching their faces.
2: on <laughs> the days I of face let you touching. Touch my face with a 10 foot pole.
0: <laughs> Especially right now. Especially right now. <laughs> yeah. Filthy. Miss those times. Ew, Filthy.
1: <laughs> We've talked about why you got into into being a makeup artist and and how awesome you are. But what are some of the most interesting jobs or jobs that you that you're really proud of that you've done?
2: So when you say interesting, the first thing that comes to mind was I used to work on this TV show called Random Acts, where we would do there was a couple hosts and we would do Random Acts of Kindness. But the things that I did on that show, because it was a reality based TV show where we would go out into the public and kind of trick people into doing kind things like they would make like a comedy bit out of it. But for example, like one of them, I had to make this girl look completely sunburnt from head to toe. And she was laying on the beach and the public would walk by. And then someone who woke her up because she looked like she was napping, then uh, like they <laughs> got a prize for like being kind to a random person.
1: Oh, that's cool. Oh, that's awesome.
2: But doing something like that, where all of a sudden my notes are for the week. Oh, can you cover an entire person's body looking like they're blistered, sunburnt? <laughs> and... <laughs> Touch them up throughout the day for like a 12-hour film day. And it's like, sure, I'll do that.
1: Do you consider that to be like fairly, like when you got the assignment, was that fairly out of your wheelhouse to do something so large like that? Or or did you feel like pretty prepared to do that?
2: Um, I think, I mean, I'll be honest, YouTube is a great thing.
1: Ain't that the truth. Um,
2: but... I also feel like I've had a lot of experience with, I've kind of dabbled in special effects. I've dabbled in, like I said, teaching and weddings and all sorts of things. And so for the most part, I feel like I can usually figure something out. And that's probably where the artist comes in, like the artist within myself comes in where I'm always like, oh, yeah, let me play with something and try it out.
1: Totally. You're not a robot. It, yeah. so, you just, so you just put lipstick all over that girl right that's what i would have done just red spray red. paint
2: yeah. just right.
0: no that's really uh, interesting that's something that you wouldn't think about and you're right like special effects are one thing and making a cut on someone or you've made bruises for us in the past you've bruised people's eyes and things like that and but yeah the the whole sunburn body thing that's different
2: yeah. There's, and now that I think about it, I think I've done a couple sunburnt things. So I actually have that, that one down pretty good. If you guys ever want to look like you're sunburned.
1: Well, but, good news. No, I, mean, <laughs> I don't need that. I just, I'm very, I can burn, I can burn naturally. yes. Yeah. Yeah,
2: <laughs> Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat.
0: Dude, you know what's a pain sometimes? Mm, you tell. Hauling huge lights onto set. Oh yeah, that's like the worst. Yeah, I've tried more compact lights, but they just don't cut it when it comes to rendering true color. Plus they're never bright enough. Mm-hmm, never. But one day a buddy of mine from the snowboard industry asked me to check out these new lights called Litra, oh. which promised to solve exactly that problem. They're compact yet powerful and with professional grade color rendering. Nice. Nice. Now Lytra is pretty much all I ever bring to set. Compact, powerful, bi-color, RGB, Bluetooth controlled, rugged, waterproof, you name it, Lytra's it. That's a whole bunch of stuff. That sounds great. So you should visit our Lytra link in the description below and receive 15% off your next order from Lytra.com. I promise you these lights will completely change your approach to photo and video lighting. All right, man, I'm going to hold you to it. We're doing a new thing on the show where we ask a guest to ask you a question. And I contacted Dave Moppert today. He's been a director on many things that you've worked on. And he wanted to ask you a question.
2: Oh, perfect.
0: Do you have any really embarrassing stories from when you first started as a makeup artist?
2: Um, Okay. So something embarrassing. So um, you guys both know Millie Bobby Brown. Oh yeah. From Stranger Things. Yeah. Yes. So um, when the first season came out, I think it launched a month before this, I was working at Comic-Con getting the celebrities ready for their photo ops. And we were in this green room area and I had my own room and I peek in my makeup room and I see this like young girl kind of like fiddling with my makeup. And I was thinking like, oh, like someone brought like their child or something and they're playing with my makeup. (laughs) And so I walk in there and we've already said I'm very personable and a kind person. So I walked up and was very sweet and was like, oh, do you want me to help you with your makeup? Like, so she sits down, I start doing her makeup and I'm like, so who are you here with? And she was like, my mom and dad. And then that's when I made it. it was like, oh, no. this. What this have is, I done? This is someone famous. <laughs> this is the person. So then, um, you know, I smoothed it over really well because I'm really good at doing those things because embarrassing moments happen very often to me. So then she told me about, yeah, I'm in this show called Stranger Things. And she was so modest about it and so sweet. And I was like, oh, I'll definitely check it out.
1: <laughs> yeah, it doesn't and sound familiar. doesn't ring any bells.
2: <laughs> no, no. Well, Comic-Con is, you know, that's just not really my, like, that's not my first priority, okay? You're too cool. You're too cool for Comic-Con. You're not a huge nerd like we are. i looking into, like, fashion week for Comic-Con. But, um, and then when I watched Stranger Things, so then after Comic-Con ended and she was so sweet, and when it ended, I watched Stranger Things, and I was like, are you kidding me? (laughs)
0: <laughs> i, knew I was she's doing like the
2: makeup star ones. of it <laughs> yeah. yes. and now i've seen her grow like as the seasons have evolved and she i believe she has her own makeup company now oh wow um and she's just Absolutely stunning and gorgeous, of course.
0: Well, way to smooth that over because she could have put a Demogorgon on your ass. I was, so I was going to say, I, th- I, th- I thought you were going to say. And after after Comic Con was all over,
1: she sued me.
2: <laughs> right, and I'm actually not a makeup artist anymore. I've been <laughs> joking this whole time. <laughs>
1: Psych. Uh, you've worked with a lot of celebrities, uh, not just Millie Bobby Brown. And like, what are some of your best celebrity encounters? Name drop
0: them.
2: Yeah, we don't
1: care. Do it. Drop them hard.
2: <laughs>
0: drop it like it's hot.
2: Um, I mean, Nick Carter come on from Backstreet Boys.
0: Oh Um, yeah. As long as it's it's not Aaron Carter.
1: (laughs) People (laughs) named Aaron are the worst. I mean,
2: that would be cool too. Like my 13 year old self.
1: (laughs) No, sure. Um,
2: Hayden Christensen. I definitely told Hayden Christensen that I had a picture of him in my locker because that is the
1: truth. (laughs) Nice. Um, (laughs) Darth Vader fan
2: girl. (laughs) Exactly. Let's see. I also met Sean Astin Oh, worked with him and cool, he cool. was that it's so funny because that's my husband's go-to he's like she did rudy's makeup and i'm like uh, that's your first one he picked
1: <laughs> <When> <laughs> but also rudy um, like i know rudy's a good movie and all but like come on lord of the rings goonies yeah There's so many other good no to he just from. he
2: he just calls him rudy i don't even think he knows uh, his real name
0: that's hilarious <laughs> he did rudy's makeup
2: <laughs> yeah i mean that's i could pull up my website to name drop some more
0: I know there's a story about you working with Carrie Fisher back in the day, and is it true that she requested you a second year in a row at Fanex? I think I remember you telling me that
2: story. So she requested me the next two days, okay. but unfortunately, the um, the next year she was no longer with us.
0: Right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha.
2: But our relationship, yeah, I was with her for three days in a row. And after we met on the first day, she wanted me to go with her everywhere.
0: Oh, that's amazing. Can so. you talk a little bit about that? I mean, uh, we're, we're such Star Wars nerds and we've expressed that already uh, in many episodes. But can you talk a little bit about that? Oh. She said she was such an amazing person. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Um, she was I don't, I don't normally get starstruck unless it's like Hayden Christensen or Nick Carter.
0: (laughs) Um,
1: (laughs) High bar. Yeah,
2: (laughs) yeah. And I actually grew up as a um, major Star Wars fan as well, because I have three brothers, only girl. So that's kind of always been my thing. So I was actually really, really excited when I saw that I was going to work with her. Awesome. Um, But when I went into that Grand America hotel and went into a room to get her ready and just from the very get-go she was so down to earth and so personable that i feel like our two personalities combined were we just were like instant friends we just instantly connected the next morning um i ended up having breakfast with her at grand america before we even got her ready like she was like in a robe and we were just sitting at like a cute table in her hotel room eating breakfast and she got grilled chicken for her dog that was staying with her like
1: oh I love her dog (laughs) yeah I'm trying
2: to remember her Gary
1: Gary Gary. yeah it's Gary yeah that's right
2: but she was just I can't say enough good things about her I feel like she was such a tender a tender heart that I think she was really misunderstood throughout her life
1: definitely yeah
2: and I think what made us I can't remember, honestly, if she told me this or if this is just what I assumed over the three days of working with her really closely. But just the fact that I talked to her just as she was another human, an individual, and I didn't ever refer to her as like Leia or I didn't even talk to her really about Star Wars. I think the only thing that got brought up was she had said people always judged her for her body because her body didn't stay the same as it once was in Return of the Mm -hmm. Jedi Right. And right. how she would get so much like hate mail about that. And I think that's really probably the only Star Wars we ever talked about.
0: Right.
1: and I mean, we have to be um, such a tough person to be able to deal with something like that. I mean, sure. especially I mean, Star Wars fans are the worst fans in the world. For <laughs> I <sure. laughs> that as a, and I say that as a Star Wars fan. Very
0: judgmental group of
1: people. Very much so. And so she yeah. yeah. has to be just made of, just made of steel. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, she like yeah. one of my favorite things about Carrie Fisher. Um, kind of along that vein is a lot of people don't know that she was a uh, a script doctor. She rewrote tons and tons of screenplays, including Empire Strikes Back. Like she had some of the best lines of dialogue were hers.
2: Really, I did not yeah. know that.
1: Yeah, yeah, she's she she did a lo- uh, some rewrites on Force Awakens, also I believe with with JJ, and I think uh, on uh, Last Jedi with Ryan Johnson. Also, like she's a, she's an incredible writer. I can't remember off the top of wow. my head some of the ones that she's worked on, but like she's she's written some pretty amazing stuff.
2: Have you guys seen the HBO documentary uh, comedy show that she does on herself called Wishful Drinking?
1: No, I don't think I have.
2: Oh my gosh. It is so incredible. I'm pretty sure it's still on HBO and you can find it. But the way that she is in that show is literally how she is in person. Like, she even, for example, she gave me a jar of glitter when we were done with the three days and she was like, I made this glitter. I mixed it up myself. Like, here you go. She was so sweet about it. And at the end of her wishful drinking show, she sprinkles glitter over the audience.
1: Oh, that's amazing. Oh, that's cool. Do you, so do you like keep that like in a, in a glass case and like look at it every morning? I, yeah, <laughs>
2: I've, never, I've never used it. I have it stored away in a special place and I just see it and it makes my heart so happy. She was, she was so special.
0: That's incredible. Thank you so much for sharing yeah, that. I, awesome. I remember that story when you told me that on set, I think we were in Canada on a shoot for Vega. yeah. We were having dinner and, and you, you said that and I just, I'd never forget that. That was just like, I got chills listening to you talk about that just now. And you have such a cool job, Cammie, like you, um, you, and you've met a lot of great people. And I know that you know, Comic-Con and X isn't your your go-to, but, you know, what a great opportunity for you and to meet these people and just kind of be down to earth with them, and which most people aren't because they're about to go into a photo shoot that you're prepping them for where people are about to nerd out super hard and they pay, mo- <laughs> they pay money, to you know, to get this photo and, you know, celebrities need that and, and especially someone like Carrie, I think, as you were describing. So let's kind of go back into production a little bit and I just want to know, Cammy, like as a DP I know how I prepare I know Aaron Aaron knows how to prepare as an editor how do you prepare for a shoot
2: um that's a good question I first of all there's a mood board available that's always key to me to kind of get the vision of okay where are we shooting who are we shooting with what do the models look like the actors look like and then beyond that I always like to organize my makeup kit based on like what I'm going to use and need so that way when I show up I don't have to use my mental energy to go through a thousand things of makeup to figure it out. I kind of just have it already mentally there so I can just dive right in.
0: Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. You have a Husky toolbox full of makeup, at least last time we were shooting.
2: <laughs> I did. I do not have that anymore. I finally, um, I upgraded to a Zuka bag, which is, they're the they're really fancy high-end ones for makeup there you artists go. these days, but I did have a Husky toolcase rolling toolcase for a long time um because I had multiple rolling kits that broke on me and then I worked with another makeup artist that had that and she was like, oh yeah, this thing is indestructible. And sure enough, it is. That's rad. Yeah. It really helped to warm up the guys on like film crews that I hadn't worked with yet. They saw me coming with like a husky kit and they were like, okay, she's legit.
1: Yeah. So speaking of all the guys that, uh, when you, when you come on set, I'm really curious, the, the industry we're in is a, is a pretty male dominated industry. Uh, I'm, I'm curious how what your feelings are about that. You know, when you, when you roll up onto set and you're one of maybe two women or maybe the only one at all like, is like, is it, is it difficult for you?
2: It's honestly not difficult for me at all. I think, as I mentioned earlier, I have three brothers and I didn't grow up with sisters and I feel like I always had guy friends when I was younger um, that in a lot of ways, I'm more comfortable on set with like a bunch of dudes than I would be at a cosmetic counter with like a bunch of women. Right. So I think that's really come in handy being in this industry. But I will also say I think it's changing. I've noticed mm-hmm. over the last you know couple of years, I feel like there's a lot more female camera operators or female directors or producers or whatever it is, and that also gets me excited to just see that the industry is evolving and ever changing.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. I've, I've noticed the same thing. There's uh, a lot more, you know, not even just at our level, but at, at higher levels, a lot more female directors that are really coming up and really coming out. And it, it it is cool to see that shift in the industry. I mean, because we're an
0: artistic industry. And so the more voices, more diverse voices we have, the better.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: So Cammy, what type of jobs are you rejecting these days? Because, I know for us, we used to accept everything and I know at one point you probably accepted everything, but are there things that you're just like, nope, not my cup of tea or (laughs) I don't have time for that or I'm busy with something else?
2: Yeah, for sure. I think, um, I mean, I've been freelance now for eight years and at one point I definitely said yes to everything, but now I don't teach anymore. I don't do weddings anymore.
0: Yeah. Congrats. I don't
2: even do movies anymore unless. Unless there was some, like, really cool movie opportunity. I mean, we're talking really cool. Then I probably wouldn't even take a movie. So, yeah, right now I'm really just focusing on, like, lifestyle, commercial, and then editorial work like that.
0: Well, a lot of your editorial stuff, like, I was looking at your Instagram, just trying to catch up a little bit. And your Instagram is loaded with, like, high fashion, very elaborate, Mm -hmm. eccentric style makeup, you know, half face painted Just really cool stuff that wouldn't make too much sense in a film, very much like uh, (laughs) non-photorealism. Is that kind of what you're leaning a lot more towards and, and what kind of made you decide to get into that?
2: Like I've said, being an artist has always been at the core of what I do. I mean, I love to paint, I love to draw, write, all of that. So even though Utah doesn't have a huge market for high fashion editorial work, that's what I'm trying to gear myself up for Um, the beginning of this year, I was actually at New York fashion week in February and have been working on um, contacts in Southern California and New York for the last, well, all of 2019 basically. And then 2020 hit. So um, (laughs) those dreams have been put on hold for a time, but yeah, I think ultimately like commercials and all the things I've done here in Utah has paid the bills and I find my own joy throughout those moments. But what really gets me excited is being able to have full creative freedom. And that usually can only happen when it's on a super editorial or elaborate shoot.
0: Yeah, let's talk about the New York Fashion Week. I mean, what was that like for you? Was that your first time there? Were you overwhelmed? Were you able to just like, you know, let go of everything and just express your creativity or did you find that there were some barriers that you encountered?
2: So, I was actually just networking there, so I didn't cool. work the show, but it was still so fun to just see how much. I mean, New York City is probably one of my favorite cities in the world, easily Same, my, my yeah, favorite fun. in the US, hands down. I would move there in a heartbeat. But so just seeing how how many events are going on a day throughout that entire week is just so fun. The city is just bursting with fashion week. And luckily I went out there with a few contacts that I had already created. And so I kind of had a baseline of where to go and who to meet where. Um, But it was exciting. Stuff like that to me is just, it's such a thrill.
0: You, You left feeling really creative.
2: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And even if I wasn't in fashion week, I think that's what I love about New York city is, it makes everything I do there. I feel creative.
1: I I can totally see that. It's such an, like an inspiring place. I know I go there and I think about just just everything you see, like, Oh, that looks amazing. I don't, I want to shoot this. I want to shoot that. Like it just, it really does fill you with just this like creative Mm -hmm. inspiration. It's just got that vibe about it. Um, and speaking of that, I mean, we talked about how you, you do, you do different kinds of looks. You do, you know, very elaborate fashion makeup and you can do very subtle stuff. Like what do you like more? What do you like to do more? What's your favorite?
2: If I'm being just Completely honest, if I have a unique, exotic, young face, I will do any look on that face. Um, I think that's what gets me most excited. is like being able to work with a new, fresh face that has unique characteristics to it. And maybe, I don't know, I think I like the variety of being able to do all sorts of different makeup looks. So it's fun to have a natural makeup look with, like I said, a really beautiful unique face, but then it's also fun to, um, a lot of the creative shoots I do, I'll go out and find the photographers, find the models. I'll do the wardrobe myself. And so I'll be able to kind of find the face that I'm looking for to go with a specific look. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So that yeah, that's a hard one. I really, I like the variety of it all.
1: It just kind of depends on, on your mood, what you're feeling like doing at the time, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I would say if I had one to pick, it would probably be high fashion, but Again, I can't say enough like how excited I get when I arrive at a shoot and there's like this Australian model.
0: Right. That's
2: 18 years old and has like caterpillar bushy eyebrows and she's drop dead gorgeous. It just makes my job so easy and fun.
0: Right. Right. I mean, have you ever been on set and like that and maybe you've got like a makeup hack and you've done it and it actually worked really well? Something like you've never practiced before, but you know, you go to set and you see the person you were just describing and you're like, Oh, I'm going to try something completely new. And you know, you use that canvas and has it just kind of exceeded your expectations?
2: Yeah, actually. Um, as of recently, probably the last couple of years, I've really made a point to, I try to ground myself before um, putting makeup on someone and just really root into like what almost slow down. I can be a really fast paced, human and really focus on like connecting and chatting with someone where if I take that away and I really just like come back to my body and get into almost my creative Zen, right. then it's for me, it's like the ideas are endless and I can accomplish in that space. I almost feel like I could accomplish anything if I can get myself to that grounded, grounded space. How are
0: you, how are you getting to that grounded space? Or I, I recently picked up meditation and is that what you're doing before you arrive on set? Or are you doing that in your car before you walk into the studio? Is or is it just something that you're doing right once you meet the person and it feels right?
2: Yeah, um, I think it's probably a combination of a lot of things. I I think the more I do meditation and yoga outside of work, just like in my free time, and getting used to it's almost like the more I drop into my body, the more of a familiar feeling it becomes and the easier it becomes, and I can do it faster and I could do it almost anywhere. So that really helps. And a lot of times when I'm driving to work, I'm totally that nerd that's listening to like peaceful piano music or like different, um, I'll create different playlists that are just like really, you know, relaxing or yoga type of music or things like that. that just really get me into a place. And sometimes I'll even step away and like use the restroom but really, I'm just going in there to, like, have a quiet space to, like, time to myself, take a deep breath, and then, like, walk back out. And be like, oh, okay. Here we are.
1: Absolutely. It's, it's so important uh, as an artist to get into the right headspace for your work because, it, I mean, it informs everything that you're doing, where where you're at mentally. So, yeah, that's super yeah. important. I feel
0: like that's something I'm just now finding out. Like, I need. There's an art to that as well. And that you can, it helps express your art later. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's super important and I'm really glad you brought that up.
1: Yeah. Like when, when I write, like I have very specific, based on what I'm writing, I have very specific kinds of music that I, that I listen to um, based on w- what I feel like the tone of the story is. And I hope, my hope is that that kind of bleeds through me into, into the writing. And so, yeah, mm-hmm. I, th- I think that's super important. Well, okay. So what's next for you, Cammie? What are you doing next?
2: Um, if I should say, when things get back onto the track that they were on earlier this year. I would really love to see myself just working with more high fashion brands and fashion magazines and being able to probably stay in Utah as a home base because it's great here. And I have a lot of great clientele here as well, but then being able to travel to Southern California or New York and work on fun shoots there.
0: Just to backtrack for a second. What are you working on right now? Have you been busy? We didn't really discuss current. Oh, yeah. Um, Is there something that you're working on now or you have something coming up next week or you just wrapped?
2: So, yeah, I've last week I worked on a shoot with new skin. Hmm. Nice. But I feel like things have been I don't know about for you guys, but I feel like things were really slow for me. And then they picked up maybe in August and September and then they slowed back down. Absolutely. And now December and then I'm already booking out a lot of dates in January so I have really high hopes for next year um, of just doing like your local commercial lifestyle things right. for different um, brands here. But I feel like this year has been a really interesting year, but it's been great for me to come into myself and really recognize why I do what I do and why I love it. And right. what are the things that I love and what are the things that I'm okay not taking?
1: I do, I do feel like this year, and I, I don't think I thought about it until you just said that, that this year really has kind of given everybody a little bit of a timeout. To stop and think about what it is they are doing and right. whether or not they want to continue doing it, or do you want to change direction? Are you happy with what you're doing? I think there's been a lot of self reflection that's happened this year since we've all been kind of stuck at home, and you know, all mm-hmm. of our status quo's have just been completely up upended. I just think that's really interesting. I hadn't thought about that, but I think we've all really kind of questioned whether or not we're we're happy with what we're doing and whether we're doing what just what we want to be doing.
0: Yeah, I think yeah, I think those breaks are extremely important too, because you're right, Cami. in the freelance world, things were very slow. And then you're right. Everything hit in August and everything was firing off. And then December is just a slow month in general for freelancers because the marketing budgets are, you know, pretty much tapped out. And then everyone, like I'm booking for January as well, but that's that Q1 2021 budget that companies mm-hmm. are putting forward. So I feel like December has kind of always been rather slow uh, in the freelance world, Mm -hmm. maybe not for everyone or for everything. But, you know, it just gives us that extra month to to figure out what we want to do and move into 2021 with a clear head.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And with uh, regarding the when the pandemic hit, I think as a makeup artist, I know there was a lot of, I mean, I guess it'd be interesting to ask you guys if you felt the same, but I know there was a lot of things still filming, but a makeup artist was the first person that they cut because they would just have people come hair and makeup ready because of COVID.
1: Yeah. Well, a lot of stuff I've been working Um, on has been, been remote. So we're, you know, recording, you know, zoom calls and stuff like that. So like no, no makeup artists to be seen. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So I think it just, it's, Dropped me in my tracks to realize I think I identified so much as just A makeup artist that it really got me To like take a step back and realize wow That's just one like one small Piece of me that I, I love what I do But this year has been so valuable Because I've realized oh this is just something I do It doesn't make up who I am And now I almost enjoy it even more Because it's not like giving of Myself it's just like a little part of me that I Enjoy doing
0: right right
2: Yeah
0: Aaron almost fell off after <laughs>
2: Was like,
1: I would just go, I would you, I would go turn around and I just seriously almost <laughs> slid off the yeah, side of my chair. Like, is he okay? <laughs> <I'm> like, whoa. <laughs> I'm like, did my answer not make sense? No, no. no, no. I got a little, like, I was getting ready to ask you another. With
2: him and then I'm like, oh, silence.
1: No, I was getting ready to ask oh, another dude. question and that's when I almost fell off my chair. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Well, I'll, I'll try and pick that up gracefully then. Um. Um, that's staying in by the way. Yeah, this is all staying in. Absolutely. <laughs> everybody Everybody needs to know what a schmuck I am. <laughs> it's, it's just fair to be transparent. Uh, so, okay. Agreed. So we, we always like to get a piece of advice for our listeners. You know, if, if someone's looking to go into the industry, if anyone's looking to get into doing hair and makeup, what's some advice you might have for them?
2: Yeah. For me, networking and just word of mouth has always been the way that I've booked really all of my jobs. I would say like 5% have been from my website or from A random complete stranger that somehow got my info. Creepy, Um, very creepy. Right, that's actually no, that's a true story. Oh, do you guys want me to share the story? Yes, I would like to hear the story.
1: Let's go into it. Yeah,
2: um, it's really juicy. So, (laughs) (laughs) so I get this call or I get this text from this guy. It's like, I'm doing a boudoir shoot.
1: Oh, no. And,
2: yes. um, and he's like, I got your information from the studio owner. And this was like seven years ago, like right when I was first starting out. And so saying yes to everything. Right. So I tell. So I tell. I have one of my girlfriends go with me because I literally was like, this is creepy. Like, very smart I feel <laughs> like you should just go with me just to make sure I'm safe. So I get there. I do this guy's like powder face makeup and his hair. And I was like, I'm not about to do body makeup on you. Right. He didn't ask for it. But if he did, I was prepared to say no. Oh, my gosh. Um, and then when I asked the studio owner, like, oh, I heard he got my information from you. And he was like, oh, no, I didn't. Like, <laughs> there literally was no.
1: Oh, oh, no. I never
2: found out how? how he got my info at all to this day. And Ew, dude. just some weird guy doing, like, a boudoir calendar for, like, his new girlfriend.
1: Oh, it was oh like my God. So, it was, just, it was just a solo dude by himself. Yeah,
2: so was he also the photographer? Like,
1: did he just have, a, like, <laughs> no, a camera and a tripod? he was, like, this, <laughs> this
2: solo dude who, like, showed up in, like, khakis with, like, a sweater and, like, a button-up shirt sticking out of the sweater. Like, he looked like the dad from Santa Claus.
0: <laughs> oh, my gosh. Like,
2: not... Not the cool dad. The dad that's the therapist, you know, that's like
0: Scott Calvin. That's what it was.
2: You know what I'm talking about though. The, the nerdy one. The guy yeah, with the yeah. weenie with whistle. The therapist. Yeah, the guy with yes, the weenie whistle. The one with the weenie whistle. That's what he looks like. <laughs> <laughs> and then so I mean, it was weird. Oh my god. <laughs> it was weird. But
1: Well, we're so happy that you're still with us. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> so,
2: I my God, Really, me too.
1: Harrowing. So,
2: <laughs> that story I've known where all of where people get my information and um so with that said networking word of mouth um sanitation is number one mm. and I'm not saying that because of covid that's because that's the reality of being a makeup artist and I've seen way too many makeup artists not be sanitary mm. and it's so disrespectful to the industry in my opinion. I'm like, you are putting a bad rap out there for us making artists. Yeah,
0: I hadn't considered that, but that's when that makes you show up with dirty
2: brushes. No, and... I've never
0: even thought of that. Yeah.
2: Oh yeah. It's so I mean, I obviously highly opinionated in it, but it's so gross as you should to me. be. Yeah. Well, and that's why you <laughs>
0: yeah. that's where you are where you are in the industry and in your career, because you know, those little things go a long way.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Oh, and then the other advice is my mentor told me. Um, You're only as good as your last shoot. Mm. And that's always stuck with me because sure we're humans and we have our off days and then we have our amazing days. But if I just remember that I never know who I'm going to be on a shoot with and if it's going to be the sound guy who has a shoot next week, who's looking for a makeup artist and he's seen me work and then he decides he wants to use me like that happens all the time. But if I'm having an off day and just, dropping the ball completely, then I think that's where your network starts to crumble and mm-hmm. people stop calling you.
0: Yeah, that could jeopardize your next shoot and you could lose that opportunity.
2: Yeah, we talked We talked
0: about that. We talked about the importance of networking in one of our episodes. And you're right. We're human and we have our off days, but just a little bit of effort, even if you're on an off day, can go extra far down the road.
2: Mm-hmm. I agree. Well, and just sleep. The older yeah. I get... When we talk about like meditation or yoga, like sleep is so important to me mm-hmm. to be on my A game for the next day.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. I mean that's 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 legit. They say you should get a certain amount of sleep and the less you get, like your brain just doesn't function as well. You won't be, you know, it won't be as personable. You won't do your job as well. So yeah, like sleep's important, something that I'm not real great at sometimes.
0: You <laughs> could <laughs> like, can
1: be bad at sleeping. Like I can
0: be bad at sleeping. My first child is due in February, so guys, if oh, I'm a little off in February, I might push in April. Yeah, oh, yeah, oof. that's gonna be that's, that's the reason.
2: That's a pretty big reason. I mean, <laughs> yeah. we we'll let that one slide. Thanks, guys.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, Cami, let's exit through the gift shop here. Where can people find you uh, on your social? What's your website? Let's. Uh, we're gonna link that in the description, obviously. But um, where can people find
2: you? Yeah. So my um website is just CamietelbitBessie com. Okay. And then my Instagram is Cami underscore Bessie. Those are really the two places to find me. That's I'm that's not really on any workings. other. Perfect. Yeah. I try to keep it small. You know, there's too many, too many ways to connect these days.
0: You're that not way too you many. <laughs> You're not tic-tacking. <laughs> Tic <Tick-tacking.
2: laughs> No. I actually had a lot of people that I've worked with recently on those creative shoots that I've been putting out a lot this year. That are like you need to get a TikTok, like you would be famous on there, and I'm like, I don't care. I'm
0: like, no thanks, yeah, man. I don't need. Yeah, I don't
2: want to be TikTok famous. Like that. I have other things to worry about. Like,
0: I just want to be regular famous. I, just, I want to yeah, earn I my just, fame.
2: Yeah. Exactly.
0: I don't need to be recreating dances. That's
2: right, <laughs> right, yeah. No, no one wants to see me dance. I mean, that's not true. That's talking myself down. I think I'm a pretty good dancer. Oh, I'll bet but... you are.
0: I well, bet you are. You yeah. know what? When this but is the, all, I do over, that at karaoke. That's
2: why we need to do karaoke.
0: <laughs> that's why the answer to the interview questions, the random quick questions, was uh, karaoke. Karaoke is how some would say. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> would they? <laughs> oh. Well, Cammy, oh Cami, this has been amazing. So um, much fun. It's safe to say that that we miss you. We also miss your husband. He's a great guy too yeah. uh, we're friends with him but um we, we miss you and and you know when this is over uh, it's gonna be a dance-off oh uh, man challenge accepted i am such I a good would dancer love that.
2: <laughs> i would love that so much yeah the good dances the bad dances all the dances
0: i i say only good dances <laughs>
2: <laughs> thank you so much you guys for having me yeah it was and so good I to look talk forward to you to getting together
0: in the future when we can
2: i've really missed you guys hopefully
0: hopefully asap
2: yeah this was the best you guys i hope you have wonderful holidays you too and i hope to see you guys soon
1: absolutely we're gonna do it as soon as possible dude that was super fun so much fun love talking to her
0: yeah she's great and uh we'd love to hear from you actually so Mm -hmm. if you could leave us a review and a rating on your podcast listening platform of choice judging from the analytics and the spotify wrap up uh, it looks like we were listened to in 18 different countries this right year, on. which is incredible. That's so cool. We started in January and we have 18 countries listening to us. I didn't even know that many countries spoke English. Making people dumber around the world. Exactly. <laughs> one country at a time. Uh, we, But we really, really appreciate you guys. And again, if you'd leave us a review and a rating on your podcast listening platform of choice, iTunes is the best place to do that at the moment. And if you leave us a good one, I think I want to give away a lightra torch. 2.0. Oh yeah. 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 So I, I have a couple extra here laying in the studio. Uh, brand new, unopened, and if you guys want to leave us a review and a rating, uh, that will put you in a drawing for a Light Your Torch 2.0, and I will ship it directly to you guys. Mm. So um, I'm going to end that maybe in, let's just say, let's say February. Oh, sounds good. Yeah, Tra- like February it. 1st, Uh, when our first episode launches in February of 2021, uh, we will cut that submission date off and then we'll send that to you. Yep. And Drew will put a glitter bomb in there. And so when you open it up, (laughs) it's just going to ruin your house. Yeah. (laughs) Very incentivizing (laughs) there. Way to incentivize. Thank you guys so much for hanging on till the end of the episode. It really means a lot to us. And thank you guys for listening. We really appreciate you. Bye everybody. Take care of each other.